G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. And as we do on a Thursday, we like to chat with Greg Bonda. An update, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg Bonda, welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil, and uh, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you too. Hey, Greg uh, it is uh, an election campaign is underway. Uh, National schools chaplaincy. Uh, you've mm-hmm. identified that there is a risk due to independence. How are you seeing things? Well, Neil, as you know, the school chaplaincy program uh, is a vital f- part of any ministry uh, to the children of New South Wales, but in particular nationally as well. The current government, Neil, gave a, the federal government signed a four-year agreement back in 2019 to spend around $245 million on school chaplains. And in particular in the May budget, I think we've got about $61.4 million allocated each year. The issue we have here, is, Neil, is that this is a fundamental service that schools should be allowed to continue with. But what we're finding now is, and you can see there's an election on because I wrote to both the, 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 the Prime Minister and the, and, and the Leader of the Opposition to asking them what is their commitment on the school chaplaincy program. And we need to make sure that they are committed. So far, I've only got a commitment from the Opposition Leader saying they are committed to giving schools the option. They do say the option of either having a chaplain or some other type of person in there to provide appropriate welfare uh, you know, advice or counselling or whatever, but at least they've committed to the chaplaincy program now. <laughs> uh, interesting there, uh, just to dig down into a finer point on that, the thought of school chaplains coming from, as we appreciate, a Christian foundation or a religious foundation mm. for that sort of support in schools and a more secular way of saying, well, we'll just get some non-religious people in there to do some counselling and that is as good as a chaplaincy. Uh, that doesn't really wash with Christians, though, does it? Absolutely not. And this is why we're asking, actually demanding from both major political parties, what is your commitment to the school chaplaincy program? Now, Neil, I'm a chaplain. I do a lot of sports chaplaincy work. My wife is a part-time chaplain at a girls' school. So we understand the need for chaplaincy work because it is very, very critical for these kids growing up. And what's happening at the moment is that there was a review, Neil, back in 2021 in November and interestingly, Dr. Fiona Martin, who chaired that inquiry, came up with a recommendation along with 43 other recommendations. One of the recommendations you know, was to have a review into the actual school chaplaincy program. Now, just for your information, Dr. Fiona Martin was also the, one, of the, one of the recalcitrant MPs that I, I would call that voted against the, um, race, um, uh, the religious discrimination bill. Uh, along with four others. So interestingly, uh, that recommendation is now saying that there needs to be a review done, Neil. 
Okay, review, and even that, if you just dig down a little below the surface, oftentimes when you've got opponents of a program like school chaplaincy, uh, the way you oppose school chaplaincy is call for a review because that's when the guns can come out and the attacks can come. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm all in favour of reviews, I've got to tell you, Neil, but the problem with reviews, and I think you've alluded to it, is the fact that it allows anybody opposed to, say, school chaplaincy to start raising their flag. For example, we've got independents now all raising their sort of, you know, mightier than now type of flag. For example, independent MP Zali Stegel says, oh, there ought to be more choices for school chaplaincy. The independent candidate for Boothby says, oh, this is this is undermines the important principle of church and state. Well, obviously, that particular candidate does not understand church and state and the role of chaplaincy. And finally, the independent candidate for Curtin says, um, uh, Wellbeing outcomes are best served through the current chaplaincy program, but there are others that can be also used. So, you know, we've got all these independents now trying to chest-beating themselves, saying, you know, we need to have other forms of counselling for children and wellbeing advice. Neil, chaplaincy is a vital part of ministry, and we've got to make sure that it's retained in the schools, and we're trying to get commitment from both major parties. We've got one from... Labor at the moment. I'm waiting for the Prime Minister's office to give a, a commitment as well, Neil. Okay, so the Labor response is quite a, a watery one because uh, watery it's, one, a, it's, very, a, yeah. it suggests, yeah. well, yes, yeah, some Christians, but hey, but what about some secular councillors too? Independence and Labor, uh, some candidates questioning why are we paying for religious chaplains in state schools? Is that the way they're framing that idea? As you mentioned, say, Zali Stegel or uh, the candidates at Boothby and Curtin. Uh, so if you're just raising the question, uh, that in itself is, it sounds like opposition and an attack. It sounds like, uh, well, we'd like to withdraw that uh, funding as quickly as we can and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, virtue signalling to the ones who would be mm. anti-school uh, chaplaincy. That's the sort of thing you'd look out for your local candidate? That's the sort of question you might ask here for your local candidate, Greg? Absolutely, no, because you see, there's a lot of chest beating going on here at the moment. The independents are trying to say, look, you know, we don't want all this money going to, to schools on chaplaincy or to be other programs, probably, you know, LGBTIQA programs they're probably thinking of. But no, let's not kid ourselves. A lot of the independents are really not independents at all. They've been put up by either major political parties to make sure that they divert votes away from uh, oppositions in, in a particular electorate. So independent tend to be non-independent in my book. The issue we have here is, Neil, that the school chaplaincy program is something that needs to be retained. It must be retained because it actually provides well-being services, apart from scriptural as well, if, if needed. I know in my own chaplaincy work, Neil, it's critical that you're able to talk to people about issues of concern. And, and you know, this program needs to continue and I agree with you in, entirely that you know um, Labor's commitments are a little bit watery but I've got to get a commitment out of the current government as well now because this really needs to continue uh, and and along with other issues like you know uh, special religious education in schools as well so look vital issue and I'm asking everybody to make sure from their local candidates are they committed to the school chaplaincy program now? Uh, so just come out with the question. Ask your local yeah. candidates uh, where they stand on that. And if you get a, 
six or one half a dozen of the uh, of that answer. If you get a watered down response like yeah. you're suggesting has come from the Labor Party, uh, you might be thinking, well, that's someone who's non-committal to the very good work that happens mm. uh, with chaplaincy in schools. Hey, let's move on here. Uh, yesterday we had a special focus on the radio here, Greg. Uh, the good work of oh. Open Doors, uh, the vulnerability mm. of Christians under persecution in nations around the world, especially at this time of year, around Easter time. You've been reflecting on some of the challenges yeah. that Christians face too. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I think Open Doors do some wonderful work, Neil, and uh, and, and their email actually reminded me to say, look, uh, Easter is a critical time particularly for Christians. It, it is Passion Week, as you know, Neil. And, and you know, when we look at Easter, a lot of people say, well, what's all that about? And uh, you'd be surprised the number of Christians that don't know what Easter remembers. Uh, Easter is about hope, as you know. It's the resurrection and the living hope that we're offered, uh, you know, and it's a path to eternal life. It's very important, Neil, that we make sure that at this particular time of the year, we are not at risk. Now, I don't know if you remember, but some years ago, um, uh, Easter Sunday in Sri Lanka, the Zion Church was bombed. Now, this is a prime time of the year that Christians are at risk, and I'm asking, you know, I'm asking people to pray that those Christians that are in particular um, Islamic-type countries, that they are protected from any persecution or any form of threat. Because, Neil... It is that time of the year. And don't forget that uh, it is Ramadan at the moment, 2nd of April, and finishes on 1st of May. And we respect Ramadan from, from their perspective. And while most Muslims are really very, very peaceful in terms of uh, uh, the month of Ramadan, we need to also pray, Neil, that our Christian communities are protected in Islamic countries where they're under threat, Neil. As you say, Greg, most Muslims are wonderful and peaceful people. But uh, during the month of Ramadan, there's a, and the whole focus is a deepening of spirituality. And for those who are on the extremes, uh, those who are, uh, you know, more likely uh, to be taking some of the prophets' uh, thoughts and and sayings more uh, more literally, uh, they're the ones who, in their deepening spirituality, have the capacity to lash out and uh, mm. do some of those things that we've seen, uh, which are atrocities. So it's a matter of, uh, while Ramadan is on, a deepening passion for those things in Islam uh, can mm. cause some to go uh, over the, over, you know, uh, overreach. Absolutely. Now, as you know, Ramadan, you know, it, it's a time of, of, of fasting. And, um, and in point of fact, the fasting is one of the five pillars of Islam. I was reading a book on uh, Islam on, you know, had, you know on, from a Christian author, Fascinating stuff, really. But the point I want to make here is that, you know, Christian communities can be under threat. And I know I'm talking about the extreme um, sector of um, Islam, for, for want of a better phrase. Look, let's just pray for them. Let's just pray that all all people get along well, because this is a very, very vulnerable uh, time of the year, Easter. And it's, uh, it's our, you know, highlight for me, more so than Christmas, uh, Neil, because... Uh, Without the uh, without the resurrection and Easter, you know, you can if you don't believe in that, then you can forget about Christianity now. You know, uh, you know interestingly, uh, Christianity has its own period of time of deepening mm. spirituality too. Not every church participates in Lent, but that 
40 days in the lead up yep. to Easter, that is a time when a lot of churches are very serious and they have uh, particular special studies that help their uh, their congregants to deepen their own faith. But, of course, the outcomes yep. of people who get a little extreme with their Christianity uh, very rarely result in violence. There is something different that comes out of the deepening of a Christian spirituality. I put you on the spot here. Uh, how, do you, how do you see you know, the, the Christian alternative and what this does for our own faith as we lead up to Easter, Greg? Well, for me, I mean, you know, Easter is... Absolutely, you know, it's a holy week for me. And and interestingly, you mentioned the 40 days. I was just wondering when the Prime Minister caught his election, it's actually 40 40 days to the election. I wonder if he's trying to draw a parallel between the two, but maybe I'm reading too much into it, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Don't over-spiritualise the election here. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Look, Chris, we have to understand now that this is the significant event for all Christians. Now, I keep saying, and I keep going to churches, and I keep hearing people saying, you know, what, what, what's Easter? You know, what is the resurrection? And I'll talk about more of that in a moment. But the point I want to make here is that this is a time for every Christian to look at their faith and understand that without the resurrection and the path to eternal life as a Christian and the hope that we're offered, Neil, if you don't accept that, then you, f- you can forget about it. I remember C.S. Lewis, you know, in his wonderful uh, book saying, if you want a religion that makes you feel comfortable, forget it. A-, a good bottle of port can do that because he's saying to you, if you want something that's comfortable, a religion that's comfortable, then Christianity is not for you because it will be challenging. It will test your faith. And now we've got to make sure at this time of the year we do put our hand up and say, Yes, I believe in Easter, I believe in the resurrection, and I'm a Christian. So it's a very important time for us to share our faith, Neil, as Christians, um, you know, in, in Australia, and I think it's important. And rightly so, we'll get a focus on the crucifixion tomorrow, Good Friday. Mm. And then, just as rightly so, uh, the frown and the sadness and the grief disappears when Mm. Easter Sunday rolls around, Resurrection Day, because it is a celebration. And our faith rests on a recognition of that resurrection. And interestingly, uh, just to pick up on another issue you've been thinking about uh, Mm. around the resurrection, because sometimes people say, oh, isn't it a leap of faith to believe that uh, (laughs) Jesus was raised from the dead? Because a secular mindset might say, oh, that just doesn't happen. But uh, there are books around about proof, and Mm. you're highlighting one today from uh, the Reverend Dr. Ross Clifford. Yeah, look... I know um, Ross Clifford very well. We've worked together on um, at the Christian Democratic Party. Neil, he put out some years ago, I think 2015, and every time, every year, I, I refer to this book because it's called "The Leading Lawyer's Case for the Resurrection." In other words, Dr. Ross Clifford put together a number of lawyers and said, "Look, if you went to court and you provided the evidence for the resurrection, what would be the decision of the court?" in terms of was there a resurrection. Now, this is absolutely fascinating because these prominent lawyers uh, have put evidence forward that says that in in a court of law, there would be ample evidence to prove that the resurrection occurred. Now, for me, I don't need proof. I've got my faith. But if you wanted to question the resurrection, this is a wonderful book. 
to get into because really, now if you look at the, the Apostles' claim, remember the creed? Yep. On the third day he rose again. So it's important that we make sure that if you have to explain the resurrection to anybody that's a non-Christian, and as you said, it's not just a leap of faith. Look, this is a wonderful book, Neil, and I, and I love le- reading you know, uh, legal cases. So this is one that I'm highly recommending. I know it's a bit old, but highly recommending. And as I'll often say on this program, listeners will know, we'll say that our faith is not just an intellectual exercise, because as you say, mm-hmm. I have faith. And sometimes you don't always have at the front of mind all of mm-hmm. the rational reasons for your faith because you've discovered and you've had an encounter with God. But for those yeah. who really do want to explore the rational case for Christianity, the evidence is there. And really, you've just got to look for yeah. the right material. And sometimes we we need to have accessible authors who can bring the evidence together in an easy-to-read mm. and understand book. And uh, so, yeah. yes, just drawing attention to that book there today uh, from the Reverend Dr. Ross Clifford. Yeah. Well, the Lawyers Christian Fellowship newsletter says about the book that also... If you have friends who believe that the account of the life of Jesus in the Gospels is a fairy tale or a piece of Jewish mythology or that Jesus' resurrection was a fragment of the disciples' fertile imagination, then this book is a useful broom to be applied to their thinking. It will make them consider again that they have prejudicially dismissed a fact. So Neil, highly recommended and, um, you know, let's make sure that we raise our hands and say, yes, we believe in the resurrection. And, uh, Greg, I always like to check in on some of the upcoming <clears throat> issues or events that you're on top of. Yep. Uh, we are in an election campaign period. Uh, you've got a Vote Wisely document that's uh, on the cusp of being released. Uh, what would people expect from that? Well, Neil, I'm pleased to say the Vote Wisely document has now been released. It is on our website. Please go and have a look at it. We compare the two major parties, the policies that are important to Christians, you know, abortion, euthanasia, religious discrimination, parental rights and what have you. They are there and we compare the two major parties and we ask you, whenever you vote, we don't tell you who to vote for. We ask you to vote with a Christian worldview conscience. In other words, make sure that you buy your biblical faith to your policies when you're voting, Neil. So the document's available. Highly recommended. Please go to our website, Neil. And the website address is familyvoice.org.au. Familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, great update. Thanks so much for keeping us informed today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and a blessed Easter. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.